I'm Dr. Sarah Hales-Britton. I'm Sam Siegel. And welcome to Greased Lightning, a podcast where we talk about myth and history and the movies and see what we can learn. Um, Sam, we have a real doozy today. We do. <laughs> we really fucking do. Um, I am, I've, I've been excited about this since I watched the movie yesterday at five in the fucking morning. That's just a, that's a brutal wake up. I, I've had worse, <laughs> which, which is more of a sad statement than anything else. Um, but yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't too mad to be watching this that early. Um, because, and we'll get into it, that means that I spent two hours of my morning with Henry Cavill. Mm, true. And that's a that's a good morning in my book. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah, uh, he's he was the shining star uh, mm-hmm. of this whole experience. Um, yeah, the shining, glistening. <laughs> Sometimes covered in oil and sweat, shirtless, uh, with rippling abs star. Yeah. Real Mm -hmm. rippling abs, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh, yes. (laughs) Um, But before uh, this gets too horny, um, Sarah, so uh, our myth this week is Theseus, is it not? It is indeed, yeah. What is your relationship with Theseus? Um, I am not entirely sure when I first learned about Theseus, but I'm thinking it was mm-hmm. probably sometime in middle school. Um, for a long time, I think uh, the Minotaur deal was like the yeah. only thing I really knew about Theseus. Uh, and then when I was in college, I read Euripides' play Hippolytus, which is mostly about Theseus's wife and son, but he's in it um, and plays a, a fairly big role in the in the back half of the play. Um, so, yeah, I guess my, my relationship to Theseus sort of just sort of slowly developed over my mm-hmm. years as a uh, person interested in classics. Um, I, I was sort of pulling all these little things together uh, this week and realizing I knew all these things about Theseus, but I had never really like sat down and, and sort of written it all out. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sam, I think it's possible that out of all the assholes in myth that we've talked <laughs> about on this podcast, mm-hmm. I think Theseus might be the biggest He's he's ancient Greece's chiefest asshole. I think he might be chief asshole. Whoa! I I really want to get your opinion on this by by the end of this episode. Um, oh yeah. But first, I want to know what you know about Theseus. Um. So famously, uh, I confuse Perseus and Theseus a lot. In that, I anytime someone's gotten Eus, I think they killed the Minotaur. Mm. Um. And that's that's pretty much all I know. I I remember a a weird amount of my I think middle school, uh, like ancient Greece education focused on um, King Minos, Minos, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, in Crete, 
in his uh, Labyrinth of Wonders. <laughs> uh, I, and it, you ever think about how fucking weird it is that we focused on that a lot? It's pretty weird, yeah. Yeah, because I remember a lot of stories about that Theseus and his golden string, I want to say, and uh, Icarus and Daedalus, who I think were kind of swimming around that area. Mm-hmm. It's just very odd to me that so so much of my ancient Greek mythology education was like, it's all Crete. Fuck the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, a lot happens on Crete, but it is, you're right that it's, sort of weirdly focused on in education settings. You know what it is? Hmm. It's Cretan elitism. (laughs) Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, we we all know that those those Cretans, they hate mainland uh, Greeks. I love anytime you start a sentence with we all know, it's going to be good. (laughs) Well, we knew two things about it. We all know two things about it when I say that, which is one, that it will be factually correct. Yes. Um, uh, and two, that uh, I'm the expert on it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Unassailable. <laughs> no need to fact check this, folks. <laughs> Please don't. Sam has Please discovered. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the ancient Greek mythology expert on this podcast. Indeed. Obviously. As we all know. I'm a white guy, um, as, as we know. God damn it. See, now that you've pointed it out, I'm realizing that that's kind of all I fucking say. Uh, but, but white men are always the, the keepers of ancient Greek knowledge. It's true. Oh, God, mm-hmm. it's true. Well, big, big Western civilization stand right here. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and cancel myself. Have fun doing the podcast by yourself, Sarah. Uh, all right. Well, I shall be uh, teach- speaking this myth into the void now, uh, where Sam used to be. Um, we, so, so, yes, Theseus is our topic today. We are back to ancient Greece um, and back firmly in the realm of myth, although um, this, these myths still do have sort of a civic tie-in like the last couple episodes right we've been talking about the founding legends of rome um Mm -hmm. and theseus is uh is pretty thoroughly myth but uh athens really works hard to make theseus their own and sort of integrate theseus into some like legends about early athens uh Mm, and so there there is sort of a little bit of a civic angle to this um if you want to read more about Theseus um, in ancient sources, uh, where we get these myths are um, our our good friend Pseudo Apollodorus again, his work the library. Um, the the Theseus parts of this work only survive really in summary, but um, it's a pretty thorough summary. So that's one source. Mm-hmm. Um, Plutarch wrote a life of Theseus, uh, and remember Plutarch's lives he always paired a Greek with a Roman. And his life of Theseus is paired with the life of Romulus. So this is sort of fun. Um, Euripides' play Hippolytus, uh, and a little bit also of uh, his play The Medea, um, tie into this story as well. And um, 
then Ovid, of course, um, there's a little bit of Theseus in the Metamorphoses because there's a little bit of everything in the Metamorphoses. Okay. Um, so that's where we're getting these stories from. Um, and, and that that seems like way more than, than you typically have. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, Theseus's myths, uh, he sort of has his fingers in a lot of pies in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this really has a lot to do with the fact that Athens co-opted Theseus as their own because Athens needs to have their fingers in all the pies all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so of course their hero does too. Um, his, his stories touch on a lot of other notable parts of myth um, okay. And in some ways, also, Theseus is Athens' answer to Heracles, because Heracles is worshipped all over the Greco-Roman world, but he's very specifically mm-hmm. associated with the Peloponnese. Um, okay. And Theseus has similar adventures, similar stories, um, similar types of labors, but mostly located in Attica, which is the region that Athens is in. Okay, and and the Peloponnese is like Sparta and that area, right? I... Yeah, okay. Yeah, Greece is um, Greece is a very spindly place, right? It's a mm-hmm. uh, it's sort of a, a weird shaped country. Yes. Uh, and so the Peloponnese, is, if you're looking at mainland Greece, there's like two main chunks. Uh, and this, if any Greeks are listening to this, I'm really sorry, um, but. Uh, you've got like the two main chunks of Greece and Athens mm-hmm. is the chunk on the right and the Peloponnese is the big chunk on the left <laughs> of yeah, the map. It's like kind of lower. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then Crete is is the part set off to the side that thinks it's better than everyone else. Yes, indeed. Yeah. 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 That's so. And they, <laughs> we know why. Yes. <laughs> So that's Greece. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're, we're mostly talking about Athens and a little bit Crete today. Um, so Athens already had other founding hero myths. Um, mm-hmm. Theseus is kind of a late addition to their civic mythology. He, he starts showing up in Athenian myths around the 6th century BCE, which okay. is a long time ago, but in the world of myth that's relatively late. Like this is 200 years after um, the Iliad and Odyssey were composed. Right. So, so in the world of myth making, these stories are pretty late. Um, And even then they've kind of shoehorned him in um, Mm -hmm. both Theseus and his father in order to like make Theseus a king of Athens. Um, And it's, so his, his legend is sort of built up piecemeal. Um, and there are elements of Theseus's story where you're going to think, oh, I remember something like that from this story or that story. And you're correct because okay. be- the, because he's sort of being like piecemeal built up like this, there's mm-hmm. a lot of similarity, a lot of um, similar activities to other heroes and other stories. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So there's two versions of Theseus's paternity and both of these stories exist together um so in one version his father is the god poseidon in another Mm -hmm. version his father is a guy named um aegeus who is the king of athens and 
in some ways, it seems that both of these are true at the same time in the myth. Because, like, okay. Aegeus is his father when it's convenient, and Poseidon is his father when it's convenient. Um, and okay. they don't necessarily, like, contradict each other. Um, so, and like, and also, like, the Greeks didn't know that it's not possible to have two fathers. Um, mm, okay. Like, mm-hmm. biologically, that is something that we learned right. with science. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, so... So these these uh, ideas of his paternity are both floating around out there. Um, in all the versions, he's born in this little town called Troizen, which is across this little gulf from Athens. Um, okay. So he's actually born on the Peloponnese, and then there's a little bit of water, and then you get the Athenian harbor. Um, and he's raised by his single mother. Um, in the virgin, in the version where Aegeus is his father, Aegeus knows that she's pregnant um but he's not really interested in being around for the difficult part of parenting he wants to Mm -hmm. skip ahead um and only worry about like meeting the kid if he turns out the way Aegeus wants him to so yeah real great um example of fatherhood there Uh, so if I may, yeah, I, um, I've actually not announced it uh, on on Grease Lightning, but I uh, I am going to be a dad pretty soon. Yes, and I think that's kind of the way I should go with it. I I think yeah. I mean, McKenna might have some things to say about it, but you know what, Sam, Good things. you gotta you gotta <laughs> live your truth here. Yeah, and- <laughs> I mean, I want to make sure that he's like not a dud, you know? Right. And so the best way to do that is i'm pretty sure from all the parenting books to kind of dip yeah yeah like i'd actually basically right now this is the time to do it um so and see how he turns out later yeah yeah well and if you want an example of like how he can find you this is what Aegeus Mm -hmm. does he gets a pair of sandals and a sword (laughs) (laughs) and he puts them under this super heavy boulder and he's like okay. he's like okay baby mama if our son grows up to be strong enough to lift this boulder and get these identifying mm-hmm. items out from under it then he can come to Athens and I'll acknowledge him as my son <laughs> okay <laughs> what a what a weird choice I know. <laughs> so bury some stuff in your backyard yeah and then I'll go put, you know what I'll do I'll put a couple crocs and a gun under a rock and see what happens. <laughs> the Arkansan Theseus right here. <laughs> My God. <laughs> well, it does work out uh, in the myth. Okay. Theseus, Theseus does just that. He grows up to be big and strong. He gets the tokens mm-hmm. out from under the rock. And decides that he's going to go to Athens and meet his dad. Um, But rather than do the easy thing, which is take a boat across this little bitty gulf to Mm -hmm. Athens, he decides he's going to take the overland route, which is much longer and much more dangerous. And this is where we get um, Theseus's labors that are very clearly modeled on Heracles labors. So Heracles okay. gets 12, Theseus gets 6. But it's a similar mm. principle, right? Um okay. the the folks that Theseus um battles and murders 
as he makes his way to Athens are they're all like either some kind of primordial monster or a supervillain, basically. So like there's one guy okay. who um, offers shelter to travelers if they need somewhere to stay the night. And he's got this bed that is like for the guest. Um, mm-hmm. But if they're too short for the bed, he stretches them. So they're the exact dimensions of the bed. And if they're too okay. tall for the bed, he cuts things off to make them the right size to fit the bed. Um, okay. So these are the kind of like sociopaths that Theseus is taking out. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> As he's, he's ridding the countryside of all these menaces, right? Just like Heracles rids the countryside of the Peloponnese of these like monsters and, and creatures mm-hmm. that are sort of terrorizing people. Um, so... So they are pretty gnarly. Um, a lot of them involve giving the supervillains a taste of their own medicine. Um, mm-hmm. Much like Heracles gets his trademark lion skin out of one of his labors, mm-hmm. Theseus's trademark is a club, um, and he gets the club from one of these labors. Um, okay. I thought uh, Heracles also had a club. He does, yeah. Okay, um, <laughs> so, so they're just copying. They're just copying, yeah. It's not very clever. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the the teacher would see through this cheating scheme. Uh, if <laughs> it's pretty bad plagiarism, <laughs> it's pretty terrible. Uh, but yeah, Theseus also has a club. Um, Excellent. Yeah, so he gets to Athens. He's recognized as uh, a legitimate son by Aegeus, mm-hmm. um, but there's a little bit of drama that has to be overcome because Aegeus has a new wife, Medea. Yes, okay. that Medea. That we have talked yes. about before. Yes. How uh, do- uh, remind me, please. Yes. So last time we saw Medea. Wait. She- can I get some grease lightning points? Yes. Yes. Go for it. Jason. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I did it. Yeah. So last time we saw Medea, she and Jason were having a shotgun wedding on their way to Greece. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Because Medea helped Jason betray her father and get the Golden Fleece. And so now she's heading out of town with Jason. They get to Greece. Medea sneakily kills Jason's evil uncle. Um, mm-hmm. And he deserves it. But when people find out that she's the one behind it, they can't stay in that city anymore, um, mm-hmm. even though Jason is the rightful king. So they flee to Corinth and things are good in Corinth. They have a couple of sons. Everything is going well. As time goes by, Jason decides he'd rather be married to a Greek princess than a foreign one. Mm. And when the opportunity presents itself to marry the princess of Corinth, he takes it. So he's putting Medea out of the house, marrying this hot young Greek princess. And he seems to think that she should be okay with this and perhaps even happy about it because his mm-hmm. new position in Corinth is going to elevate their sons mm, okay. and doesn't seem to like understand that stepmothers and stepchildren don't always get along. Um, yeah. Husband of the year. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. As Jason just continues to be very Jason. Um, mm-hmm. So Medea does not see it this way. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's given Jason everything. She has made him what he is. He's nothing without her. And now he is tossing her aside. So she takes extremely dark revenge. Um, she sends a wedding gift of a poisoned robe to the new fiance. 
So basically burns her alive when she puts it on. Uh, And then because she knows that nothing will hurt Jason more than his like legacy on this earth, she kills their sons. Woof. Okay. Kills her own children. And that's a lot. Yeah. And then she gets in her dragon pulled chariot and flies away to Athens. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah. Because I feel like dragon pulled chariot needs to come earlier. (laughs) In this conversation, <laughs> that's not that's that's not something you just drop, Sarah. You well, don't just say "dragon pull chariot" like it's like it's a fucking Honda Civic. <laughs> it is pretty badass. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. She just has one. Yeah, I mean, she's a witch, right? This is this is part of oh, what makes yeah. her so powerful. Is like she's a sorceress, so she's don't... got fucking dragons. I just don't even typically think of dragons when I think, like, ancient Greece. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they could have just been big snakes. Because mm. uh, the, the ancient Greek word is dracon. And mm-hmm. this is where our word dragon comes from. But it's sort mm-hmm. of ambiguous. Like, a, a dracon is also a serpent. So it's possible uh. that they were big flying snakes. Um, but some dracones were, like monster snakes gotcha so there's sort of like a there's a spectrum of creatures <laughs> that could maybe, have been pulling this chariot <laughs> maybe it's a, a like a worm w-y-r-m what is because, that because so okay i i kind of recently learned the distinction from uh friends of the podcast screens of the stone age when they did their video in skyrim okay so the difference near as i understand it is that a dragon has the four legs and and separate wings. Okay. And a worm has two hind legs, and then it's got sort of a bat situation with the wings where the wings are kind of its hands. Oh. And it's got that kind of, like, bat wing structure where it's, like, long fingers that, you know, have the webbing. Okay. So it could be that it's a worm. Maybe that that makes sense. I th- I think that works. I like. I mean, that. dragon, dragon drawn chariot sounds a lot cooler than worm drawn chari- uh, chariot. <laughs> it does because that sounds <laughs> dumb as hell. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's still righteous. It's Fucking super righteous. It's super badass. The end of so Euripides play Medea is all about this. It's a it's a lot of like pretty dark, um, like brooding and ranting on Medea's part of like. Uh, mm-hmm. anger at Jason. Am I actually going to go through with this? Cause like it, it's going to hurt me too. And then deciding it's going to hurt him more and that's worth it. And then, yeah, she flies away at the end. <laughs> um, she goes to Athens, ingratiates herself in the court there and mm-hmm. ends up actually marrying King Aegeus. Okay. And so she's there and she's like had his baby. And then uh, Theseus shows up and she's like, but I want my kid to inherit the throne. Mm-hmm. And who are you, random bastard child who has come to say, I think you're my dad. Um, mm-hmm. So, but but when things do come to a head, Aegeus chooses his son over Medea. He chooses Theseus. Gotcha. And Medea flees back to Asia. Um, okay. And that's, as, as far as I know, I think that's the last we hear of her. Um, so, Yeah. 
so Theseus and Aegeus are like hunky dory. Um, Theseus has lots of little adventures in which he is generally a troublemaker and an asshole. Um, mm-hmm. Remember that we are in the age of demigod heroes before they're all wiped out in the Trojan War. Um, we right. are getting close to that war. Theseus doesn't participate in it, um, but we're getting close because when Helen is about 10 years old, Theseus kidnaps her. Okay. Yeah. So so Helen is actually abducted twice in her life, right? Paris is the second mm-hmm. time and it's questionable how willing of an abductee she was that time. Um, right. When she's a child, however... This is just this is just very wrong. So um, mm-hmm. the way it all happens is Theseus and his buddy Pirithus decide they are cool guys. They deserve good, nice things. They're going to marry daughters of Zeus. And they're like, Pirithus is like, who do you want? Like, which daughter of Zeus do you want, Theseus? And he says, I pick Helen. She's only 10 years old, but she is already gaining a reputation as, like, a great beauty. And it's clear that once Mm -hmm. she gets to marrying age, she's going to be the hottest prize in Greece. Mm -hmm. So his plan is he's going to kidnap her, take her home, not marry her because she's a child and that's creepy. He's just going to keep her there until she reaches marrying age. And then basically the second she starts having periods, he's going to marry her. Yeah, he's not a creep. Right. He's just going to hang on to a 10-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the plan. So he kidnaps her. Um, but <laughs> uh, while Theseus is off trying to help Pirithous get his daughter of Zeus, Helen's brothers, Castor and Polydeuces, come and get her and take her home. Um, okay. So, so Helen is fine. Traumatized, probably, but fine. Um, and... <laughs> The reason they are able to get in and get Helen home is because Mm -hmm. stupid, stupid Pirithus chose for his daughter of Zeus, Persephone, as in wife of Hades. Poor choice. Yeah, yeah. So, So the two of them go down to the underworld and they plan to sort of like wheedle their way into Hades' court and then like Mm -hmm. make off with Persephone when he's not looking. Um, as if, you know, being kidnapped by Hades wasn't enough. They're going to do it to her again. Um, but mm-hmm. Hades is not an idiot. He's on to them. <laughs> he invites them to sit and have a drink. And he directs them to sit on these these chairs called the, uh, it's called the chair of forgetfulness, uh, to which their asses are immediately adhered. Like, mm. they're stuck. They can't get up. These serpents coil up around their legs. They are very thoroughly held down in these chairs. Mm-hmm. They're stuck there until Heracles comes to the underworld. Okay. <laughs> because poor Hades' home is just like everyone's little side quest, right? Heracles mm-hmm. has come to get Cerberus, the dog. <laughs> Jesus. Can't catch a break, you know? I know. Guy, so Heracles is walking through the underworld, and he's like, "Oh, hey, Theseus, what are you doing here?" And Theseus is like, "My ass is stuck to this chair. Can you please get me out?" Uh, and Heracles is like, "Well, I can't unstick you, but I guess I could just pull really hard." Like 
And <laughs> so so Theseus leaves some skin behind on the chair. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does get out, <laughs> makes it back up to Athens. Um, Pir- because Pirithus is the one who wanted to marry Persephone, though, he doesn't get to get unstuck. Heracles tries and, like, bad things start to happen. So they have to leave him there. He's stuck mm. down there forever. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but Fun. Theseus makes it back up to Athens, finds out that Helen has been taking home. It's like, well, all right. What Now what can I go fuck up? And uh, <laughs> lo and behold, it's time for the Minotaur. Um, yes. So how this all comes about, I feel like we often start the Minotaur story with Athens has to send children to Crete to be eaten. And we never know why that is mm-hmm. um the reason this whole tribute system came about is because king minos's son came went from crete to athens for an event mm-hmm. and he ended up getting killed at this event and it was like a little unclear who exactly killed him they don't know exactly mm-hmm. what happened and so minos decides since he can't punish actual killer he's going to punish the whole city and he has the military strength to back this up and athens doesn't right so they're sort of at minus mercy it's that creation supremacy we were talking about exactly exactly yeah Mm -hmm. so um minus's demand is that every seven years athens has to send seven boys and seven girls as a sacrifice to the minotaur okay um the Minotaur is a half-man, half-bull creature that Minos' mm-hmm. wife, Pasiphae, gave birth to after she fucked a sacred bull. Like you do. Like you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it eats... And the sacred, the sacred bull child, Minotaur, eats humans. So Minos has the inventor, Daedalus, construct uh, the labyrinth to contain the Minotaur Mm -hmm. and keep it from just rampaging around the island. Um, Daedalus, of course, is like twice as clever as any human being alive at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. But but even he wouldn't be able to find his way out of this maze. Um, Like he's he's constructed such an incredible um, trap. And so the Minotaur is trapped in there. Every seven years, when the Athenian youths come and are, like, released into the labyrinth, they don't stand a chance, right? There's mm-hmm. no way they can ever find their way out. So they get eaten. Um, so. Yeah. Okay, so seven years, you get 14 kids, and they just dump them all in there at once? Yep. So, so the Minotaur is unfed and hungry for six years and 364 days? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure... If, like, if the Greeks knew how metabolisms worked. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't expect them to, to write, you know, a manual on the care and feeding of minotaurs. <laughs> it, but it just seems like you could space it out a little. Yeah. I mean, it's it's possible that, like, they are released into their, into the labyrinth and trapped, but, like, the minotaur doesn't necessarily eat them all at once. Like, the Minotaur oh. might space, like, every few days, like, once a week or something, you know? I, mean, I got you. They haven't rotted yet by the time he gets to them. Sure. It I don't makes know. a big chili out of those 14 kids and then kind of 
hangs on to it, lets those flavors meld <laughs> over the next six years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yum. Delicious. So, um, so it's... <laughs> It's time for the the tribute to be sent to Crete, and Theseus <laughs> volunteers as tribute, um, and he's he's doing this because he thinks he can beat the Minotaur and save okay. the other Athenian kids. Um, he's and, he's an adult though. He's like he's like a teenager. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. These are these uh these youths just have to be like below marrying age, basically. Gotcha. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so some of them are teens. Theseus is one of them. Um he gets to Crete. The uh the tribute is being presented at the court. Um and Minos's daughter Ariadne falls in love with Theseus at first sight. And she mm-hmm. gets this ball of like magic golden yarn from Daedalus. Mm-hmm. And she gives it to Theseus so that he can trail it behind him and find his way back out of the labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's amazing to me that no one had thought of this before. But he basically Hansel and Gretel's his way in and out of the labyrinth. <laughs> yeah. Pretty simple solve. Pretty basic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he goes in. He kills the Minotaur. Follows the golden yarn back out. Um, mm. And of course, just like with Medea, Ariadne has given this help on condition that he take her away with him. Because mm-hmm. Minos, you know, like a lot of fathers in myth, when he realizes that his daughter has betrayed him, he's going to kill her. Mm. So she's like, I need you to take me with you. He says, sure. They Theseus and Ariadne... Um, and the other Athenian kids, they flee Crete. They stop off at the island of Naxos for the night, where Theseus abandons Ariadne. <laughs> what a guy. Yeah, there's different versions of the the order of events here. Um, mm-hmm. Theseus leaves without Ariadne, and she ends up being... Uh, rescued and by Dionysus, the god Dionysus, and he marries mm-hmm. her. Um there's there's different accounts of whether uh Dionysus just like happened upon her right after she was mm-hmm. abandoned, or if Dionysus like basically played mind tricks with Theseus and sort of caused him to forget because he wanted Ariadne for himself. Okay. So, you know, there is a way out of blame here for Theseus if we take that option mm-hmm. um, but a, a lot of the, the texts don't necessarily give him that out um, I gotcha. so, so Theseus leaves Ariadne behind she wakes up alone stranded on an island um, and then ends up married to a god so yeah, it works out up. okay for her oh big time yeah <laughs> she really did um, and meanwhile Daedalus has taken the fall for her back on Crete. Mm. Um, okay. Minos imprisons uh, Daedalus and his son Icarus. And this is when Daedalus constructs a set of wings for himself and Icarus out of, like, he gets a frame and puts, like, feathers, mm-hmm. like, t- stuck in with wax, right? Um, 
And so he he constructs these wings, they put them on, and they fly out the window in their room. And everything is fine until Icarus gets excited, flies too high, the wax melts, Mm -hmm. the wings fall apart, he falls in the sea and drowns. Um, And poor Daedalus just, like, has to keep flying and crying until he reaches land (laughs) somewhere else. (laughs) The, The saddest flight of man. Saddest flight ever. Um... Yeah, and then the the final cherry on top of this whole adventure uh, is that um, when the ship left Athens, carrying all these Athenian tributes, um, they are sailing black sails because everyone is sad, right? That these kids Mm -hmm. are are going to their death. Uh, Theseus packs a set of white sails on the boat, and he's like... This is for when we come back victorious, basically. Like, if the ship comes back Mm -hmm. with black sails, you'll know that I have failed. But if it comes back with white sails, you'll know that I was successful and I'm coming back victorious. Um, He forgets to change out the sails. So the ship is sailing in with black sails. Aegeus sees this. Like, he's standing up on um, on a ridge and he sees the ship with black sails. He thinks his son is dead. He throws himself off the ledge and into the sea. So Theseus shows up very excited, victorious, mm-hmm. like, hey, I did it. Everybody ready to party? <laughs> and they're like, you just killed your father because you forgot to change the sails. And so... <laughs> so Yeah. So, you know, he kills the Minotaur, but many lives are ruined. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this. Yeah, it's a real, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other Yeah, kind of situation. <laughs> God. It really is. Um, so, yeah, um, more adventures happen. Uh, Theseus has a son with the Amazon queen Hippolyta. So the mm-hmm. son is named Hippolytus. Uh, some years go by and Theseus decides to marry Phaedra, Ariadne's little sister, uh, which is a little fucked up. But, um, Mm -hmm. when, after they get married, Phaedra falls in love with Hippolytus, who is now her stepson. Okay. Yeah. So creepy. Yeah. So this is what the Euripides play Hippolytus is all about, uh, is this scenario um it's very good i highly recommend that play um but you should know that it is gross um because it is the thing that men seem to be obsessed with which is the rare and elusive false rape accusation ah it's one of these so Mm. yeah um so according to euripides this whole thing is an elaborate plot by aphrodite to get revenge on Hippolytus and basically make an example out of him for, like, what happens to people who scorn Aphrodite. Um, mm-hmm. So Hippolytus has pledged himself to Artemis, which is, like, it's usually girls who do this, but Hippolytus mm-hmm. likes to hunt and he doesn't like girls. So he has forsworn love and sex. Um, he's taken a vow of perpetual virginity in honor of Artemis. And he's pretty sassy about it, too. Like, I think if he had just done that, it would be okay. But he's very sassy about how Aphrodite is a a lame, stupid, weak goddess. And he doesn't like her. And because he doesn't like her, she's a piece of shit. 
Okay, bold move. Bold move. Um, so she takes revenge by making his stepmother, Phaedra, fall in love with him. Uh, mm. So Phaedra, like, Phaedra is ashamed of these feelings. Uh, she is creeped out by her own lust. Um, yeah, but good. she's also, like, totally desperately in love and can't control it because it's being, like, done by Aphrodite. Uh, so in the play, Phaedra's servant propositions Hippolytus on her behalf so that Phaedra Mm -hmm. doesn't have to, like, face him with these feelings. Mm -hmm. Uh, naturally, Hippolytus is horrified. Um, he's pretty harsh in his expressions of disgust and rejection. And, uh, so Phaedra is totally humiliated and... We all know, of course, that the best way to handle humiliation is to humiliate someone else more Mm -hmm. so that you feel better, right? Um, Of course. So the way she does this uh, is she writes a note claiming that Hippolytus raped her, and then she kills herself. Oof. So... The one Rough good stuff. It's not good at all. And the one good thing that Theseus ever does in his life is the thing that he shouldn't do in this one particular case. He he believes her, right? For once he does the right thing. Mm-hmm. He he reads this accusation, he finds her body, and he believes that this is what happened. Um and so he kicks Hippolytus out of the house and calls on his father Poseidon to help him avenge his dead wife. So Poseidon drowns Hippolytus, uh, and only then does Theseus find out that Phaedra lied, and Hippolytus was actually innocent in all this, and Aphrodite shows up, basically like evil villain laughing, rubbing her hands together <laughs> at the end of the play. Twir- yeah, Twirling a mustache. Exactly. Let this be a lesson to you. Right? Uh, <laughs> so that's, that's that. Um, and uh, that's that's pretty much the end of, of the Theseus uh, myths. Um, he does eventually, he falls out of favor in Athens and he ends up like traveling around and um, he's on this island called Skyros, which is um, famous in the Trojan War stories because this Skyros is where Achilles was hidden from the Greeks. His mother didn't want him to go to war, so she hid him mm. on Skyros and had him like dressed up as a girl and pretending to be in the, he was like in the retinue of the, the princess on Skyros. Um, gotcha. And so like Odysseus and some other people have to come to Skyros and like basically trick him into revealing that he's not a girl <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, on the, on the Island. So, so bef- b- and before that happens, Theseus is on the Island um, and the King of Skyros kills him, like pushes him off a cliff um, for reasons that are not entirely clear. Um, probably just because Theseus was a jackass. Yeah, I was going to say, you've presented a lot of reasons why you might want and should push this guy <laughs> off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. So so that's Theseus. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of shit. It's a lot of shit, and you're not wrong. I think this is the chief asshole of ancient Greece. I Yeah, I think he's got to be. This guy sucks. And that's that's saying something. Because yeah. <laughs> what I've learned is Greek myth is full of terrible men. Yeah. Uh, and 
to for someone to be the chiefest among them is impressive yeah i was gonna say you know he worked hard for this distinction <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> he kidnapped a lot of women kidnapped uh, a lot of women he killed a lot of a, people <laughs> yeah just just the the wake of bodies yeah jesus well big big ups to the guy who pushed him off a cliff though <laughs> for sure <laughs> mm-hmm so uh, I, I think given, given that we have established that Theseus is chief asshole of mm-hmm. Greece, I find his portrayal in the movie Immortals to be especially funny. Yeah, hearing all that and seeing Henry Cavill portray him, that's, that's something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the fact that he's not the villain in this movie is pretty incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, let's let's talk about this flick because Yeah. Yeah. So have, have you have you seen it before? This was my first time seeing this movie. Okay. Okay. And what did you think? Uh I did not have fun. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, got, I had tried to convince my husband to watch this one with me, and he was like, no thanks, <laughs> and he was doing something else uh, and came out like halfway through the movie, and I was just like screaming, this movie sucks! <laughs> <laughs> Henry Cavill's so, abs were the only good thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> Um, God, and it's like two hours, so it's it's a long time to be unhappy. Yeah, with a movie. It, it um, yeah, and it was a long two hours. Mm-hmm. Now, did your husband like? Uh, did he like stick around to watch any of it when you were bemoaning how bad it was, or did he take the reasonable route and go, okay, well, I'm gone he he did the latter yeah he said sorry about your choices and left (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean you picked it so you did kind of bring this upon yourself i 100 percent did yeah (laughs) yeah and i i gotta tell you it makes it worse knowing (laughs) that you you forced this upon yourself i know (laughs) so um yeah sorry i did this to us (laughs) oh it's Again, I've had much worse movies. Uh, even even in the past month, I've watched much worse. So this this was fine. Well, that's good. Yeah, uh, turns out. So I thought I had never seen this before, and then I booted it up, and within, I honestly five minutes, I went, "Wait a minute, <laughs> did I watch this?" Because what here's the only thing I remembered from this movie uh, is is that and and the the only thing that reminded me of it was I'm pretty sure a guy gets boiled in a bowl. Oh, Um, yeah. And I was like, I think that happens in this. And uh, lo and behold, yeah, that's the same movie that I watched years ago. Hmm. So, um, 
I, w- I see, I wish I could remember what I thought of it then. <laughs> but, yeah, it, I mean, it's not good. It's not a particularly good movie. By any metric. No. Because um, it, in a lot of ways, it feels like it's trying to, like, kind of ape the style of, like, 300. Yeah. In that it is aggressively dark. Yes. What is with that? There's so many scenes that are hard to tell what's happening. I had all the lights off. I had the blinds closed and I couldn't Mm -hmm. see the TV. Yeah. It, yeah, I was watching this at five in the morning, lights off. And it's just the, like the contrast is so bad. It's terrible. Whoever makes these choices for these movies Mm -hmm. needs to be forced to actually watch their own movie. Uh huh. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it, if only to have to justify casting Mickey Rourke <laughs> <laughs> as an ancient Greek king. Because <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and, and also, like, so that they can see their crimes against John Hurt, who is the old man in this movie. Yeah. Like, Beautiful, wonderful John Hurt. Being being forced to turn into some sort of doddering old man who's secretly Luke Evans, who is Zeus. Yeah. And also um, doesn't have a name. Like, when Theseus is looking for him, he's just yelling, Old man? Old man? <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's his name, Sarah. Maybe maybe he's Mr. Man. Maybe he old is. Man. Man, comma, old. <laughs> That's the only reasonable explanation. <laughs> it, look, it was a bit of a cold shot by his parents. Because back then, because the movie says this is 1228 BCE. And so that's a cold shot back then. Saying that's that your true. kid's going to become an old man. That's confidence. That's very true. And it's a name that's not going to make a lot of sense for a long time. Yeah. Because can you imagine? Five years old. uh, Old man, can you come here and play hide and seek? (laughs) People will think you're correct. Yeah. It doesn't really really work at that stage. (laughs) But when he's 80, ah, that's that's where the thinking comes in. (laughs) Um, So... Okay, I do have a What's going on in Greece in 1228? Why did they pick this? Honestly, you got me. I... Oh, okay. I mean, I think... The the only thing I can think of is... Um, Theseus is, like, the generation slightly before the Trojan War, right? And mm-hmm. whatever grain of true conflict the Trojan War was based on would mm-hmm. have happened in, like, the... Uh, 11th 12th century bce 1228 i guess we're in the 13th century so so they've they've put him slightly before um okay the the trojan war that's the only reasonable explanation i could think of for why they picked that date um other Mm -hmm. other than just like they wanted to be far enough back like that we were in prehistory 
so mm-hmm. that they wouldn't have people like me coming at them and saying, but there were historical things happening here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, they protected themselves from me, or so they thought. Yes. The, yeah. Well, they're a fucking mistake. They are. <laughs> um. Okay, so another thing that, like, stuck out to me is that, like, kind of in the beginning of the movie, there's a lot of, like, actually kind of throughout the movie, there's a lot of gold. Um, and just, like, gold, like, art gold, masks gold, armor and shit. Uh, this is not something I typically think of when I think, like, ancient Greek. Did they use a lot of gold, or they just fucking around in this movie uh the the wealthier societies did have some gold um so i think the the most famous example probably is um this death mask that gets called the mask of agamemnon which Mm -hmm. is um it's a golden death mask that was uh taken off of a it was found in a in a king's grave um in mycenae and so uh yeah Probably not Agamemnon, right? Some other mm-hmm. guy. Um, but uh, I'm pretty sure good old Heinrich Schliemann named it the Mask of Agamemnon. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so the the wealthier societies like Mycenae, uh, like the, the Knossen Palace Complex, the Minoans, they had precious metals to some extent. Um, okay. But it is kind of excessive in this movie there's a lot i mean shit uh uh mickey mickey rourke who's playing king fuck oh king hyperion thank you yeah i was gonna say king hippolytus but (laughs) nope yeah king king hyperion has a gold helmet with a bedazzled mask yeah uh which is a choice, I guess. The masks. The... the masks in his army confuse me. <laughs> boy, oh boy, some fucking choices there. Yeah, I, like <laughs> it was all so weird that they like, um, the whole movie actually helmets and hats. They they took some real swings. Yeah, um, um look at it, you Poseidon. Yeah, Poseidon and I think Ares, who had, like, a helmet with, like, huge fucking spikes. Yeah. Kind of, that looked like, I think they're called Liberty Spikes, is the, the hairdo, like the punk Oh, okay, hairdo. yeah. It did, so it yeah. looks like that, but on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> and and so difficult to work with, I imagine. Like, sure. you can't turn your head without killing someone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all their helmets are so fucking weird. Or there's the priest who's got like this weird rig on his head that's got like a candle floating right in front of his fucking eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um or there's the the minotaur with heavy quotes. Yeah, that was one of my notes was is the minotaur really just a guy in a bull hat? It's Sarah not just a guy, a pervert. <laughs> He's a pervert in a spiked bull hat. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's his whole deal. I believe he's the one who wields the dick hammer. I think you're right. Yeah, which surely no one used a dick hammer back then. God, I hope not. It's, it seems a really, um, oh, just not a smart way to, to sterilize people. Um, because yeah. there are other ways to do that. There are far more sophisticated ways than to just take a big croquet mallet and <laughs> go for it. Right, right. I mean, there there were eunuchs at this in this time period, which means they had mm -hmm. heard of doing this with knives. <laughs> sure. Instead of just debilitating people. Yeah, why like... use a knife when you can have a dick hammer? <laughs> just have them sit down, spread their legs, and yeah. just fucking like the the carnival strength machine <laughs> right and like i'm pretty sure no i mean now i have never dick hammered anybody but i would imagine <laughs> allegedly <laughs> allegedly i would imagine in order for it to be 100 percent effective you're not just swinging it once right like it's gonna take a few whacks hmm yeah, that's a good question i because my thinking is what you have to do on that first hit is explode the balls. Ah. Because they can still have a shaft. Right. Because uh, what Mickey Rourke wants, and I think this is out, out of character. I think he's not acting in this part. Mickey Rourke wants a planet populated only by him. Yeah. Um... And so what he does is he he wants the people, I guess, in his army to not be able to, to have kids. And so, yeah, you would just want to explode the balls. Right, right. Yeah, the shaft is fine, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Ball. So it really depends. I think it depends on, like, how much, you know, contact you get on that first swing. Mm, okay, okay. Maybe Bullman... Um, uh, our heavy air quotes minotaur can do it in one. I mean, surely he's had a lot of practice. Yeah, I would think so. so. He's a seasoned expert. And, <laughs> you know, in comparison, you and I have smashed so few dicks that maybe we should defer to his judgment. Yeah, you're probably um, right on that. Because, really, I've hammered so few dicks. <laughs> um... Relative to this pervert bull man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I think you, you, you would say that of yourself, too, that you've hammered very few dicks. Yes, yes. Uh, that number is yeah. quite low. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So few. So few dicks that you've hammered. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, yeah, that was, um, that was an interesting choice by this movie. And a, a complete fucking anticlimax. Uh, when Theseus does kill this bull pervert. Yeah. In the Minotaur um, that's actually, or, or in the labyrinth, I mean, that's like actually just a crypt. Uh, yeah. Ugh. That has, uh, that's like very specifically built and like finished out nicely, but does have a big chunk of like unfinished rock that carries a very special bow in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God. So, f 
this movie's really fucking weird. I don't know if we've gotten that across. <sighs> I God, I mean, what I would really like to know mm-hmm. is who is writing these myth soup movies about a hero who bears basically no resemblance to the hero he's named for and just like hates authority and either Mm -hmm. wants to kill the gods or ignore them uh like what was happening in with with men in like the like post-housing crisis era because the clash of the titans reboot was 2010 Mm -hmm. this movie is 2011 and then Wrath of the Titans is 2012. So we have three years in a row. We have Myth Soup movies. Mm-hmm. What? S- Why? <laughs> so I don't know what's going on then. Um, what I will tell you, and I hate to be the one to tell you this. Men have been kind of on some shit for a, for a long time. Mm. Um, it's... I, I regret to inform you, it's not just a short period after after the housing crisis. It's <laughs> been before that, and it's still happening now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it is strange that, like, this three-year period, it's like, hey, we want to do myth movies, but we don't want to get any part of it right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And see, when you put it that way, the other part is Liam Neeson's Zeus versus Luke Evans's Zeus. Mm. I know who's winning that for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, Luke Evans, but you can't hold a candle to Liam Neeson. No. Which is, hey, not something to be ashamed of. Most men cannot hold a candle to Liam Neeson. Oh, yeah. No. Um... Yeah, just some weird, I think particularly for the gods, some really weird choices. Yeah. Like, um, some disrespect. Who the fuck thought Kellen Lutz was a good choice for Poseidon? (laughs) The most forgettable face. The most forgettable face and just, like, looks like a real dumbass. Yeah. It just as Poseidon, like... Because everyone thinks of Poseidon as, like, having a big old beard. Right. And and being a fish pervert. And <laughs> Kellen Lutz is, to my knowledge, none of those things. <laughs> yeah. I... I just, understand. It, I understand maybe uh, deciding that for this movie, your gods are going to be young and hot. Okay, fine. Um, sure. He's still not the choice. No, he is not. No, he's not. Who who would we prefer as Poseidon? Ooh. Honestly, good Poseidon? honestly, Henry Cavill. <laughs> Henry Cavill would have been a pretty good Poseidon. Yeah, but but Sarah, now we have to recast Theseus. That's true. So who are we getting for Theseus? Ugh. I don't. This hmm. is making me realize that I don't know enough actors. Yeah. This, let's see, it's 2000. Hey, I have I have an idea okay. who we get for Theseus. So, like you said, Theseus was just bad um, 
God, I'm I'm losing words left, right, and center here. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, not procrastination. It's uh, stealing, cribbing. Oh yeah, abductor. What's uh oh oh uh, he's a bad um plagiarizing. <laughs> there we go. Yes, thank you, Jesus <laughs> Christ. How many degrees does it take? Um. So yeah, so I work it, in I work in editing. Jesus Christ, this is shameful. <laughs> <laughs> so, so thesis is just bad plagiarism of Heracles. Yeah. So why not get Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Oh fuck! Good choice. Yeah, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is Theseus and also Hercules. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is perfect. It's great. Yeah. I, I think it would make the well it, fixing fixing the Poseidon problem will make the movie more watchable. Yes. Getting less Henry Cavill time will not. Well, okay, so here's an idea. Um mm-hmm. all of the gods are related to each other, right? So uh-huh. it stands to reason that all of the gods would look similar to each other. So okay. Okay. what if we have a like a parent trap situation? basically, where Henry Cavill plays multiple gods. All of them. Yes. Even Athena. No, Okay. But, like, I think that we have Zeus, Poseidon, Ares, and then some, like, some sort of, like, Olympian, like, extras. Yeah, kind of a a sort of forgettable one. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of a nutty professor. Uh-huh. kind of approach yeah. to the Greek gods. I love it. I'm very into this. <laughs> uh, and I I, th- I really think Henry would, would really give each of them kind of a different vibe. Um, especially as Poseidon, you'd see him wet all the time. Yeah. And we know we want that. Absolutely we do. We want a wet Henry, Henry Cavill. Yeah. Uh, at least I do. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, so okay, I do I did have some questions yes. about this generally pretty terrible movie. Okay. Um is Mount Tartarus a place? Tartarus is a place. I so, should have looked up if Mount Tartarus was a place. Yeah. Cuz I know Tartarus, but they keep saying Mount Tartarus. And and the concept in the movie is that the Titans who are just a bunch of dusty boys um <sighs> yeah are kept in a cage just kind of in in the heart of this mountain. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't think it's a mountain. I think okay. Tartarus is just like the place under the earth. Um and like okay. there there are there are gateways to Tartarus around mm-hmm. the Mediterranean world according to myth. Um but I don't think they're usually on mountains. I think they're usually okay. in caves. Got that so, makes more sense. Much more sense. Yeah. Um so we start the movie at the Sibylline Monastery? Yeah. The fuck is that? The Sibyl is an oracle. Okay. Um I tend to associate the Sybil more strongly with, like, Roman times, but that's probably just because of, like, who writes about the Sybil. Um, okay. I, 
as far as I know, there wasn't like a monastery built up around her. But the Sybil okay. the Sybil was a um a a woman oracle. Okay. Um and, and the the sort of like most famous story about the Sybil is that um she had eternal life but not eternal youth. Um and so she just like gradually sort of shriveled up and um that eventually she's just like she's like in this glass jar <laughs> okay and can't die and this like some kid comes up and like comes to the to the oracle place and like asks her a quest like asks her what she wants or something and she says i wish to die mm-hmm. um that's like the most famous sybil story <laughs> okay that's what um do you know what that made me think of what Okay. Did you watch uh, Spongebob Squarepants? Only a little bit. Okay. Did you ever see the old, old worm person <gasps> no. from Spongebob Squarepants? Okay, let me let me pull up an image here real oh quick. Oh my god. Um, yeah, I pretty much only watched Spongebob while babysitting. Back in the day. Yeah, here's a good image. So you're describing the the Sybil when she's like old and shriveled, and this is this is that character. Oh, good God! And this is exactly what I was thinking of: is the old worm from SpongeBob. That's kind of perfect. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you were describing it as this like person who shriveled and shriveled and shriveled and got put into a jar, and I was like, you toss that worm in a jar. <laughs> Sounds like that's what you've got. Yeah. <laughs> um, Damn. <laughs> so, so in the in the movie with the oracle, there's the oracle and then three other women who are like decoys. Yeah. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. Uh, okay. Oracles were not like threatened with physical harm. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> I don't think ever. Okay. <laughs> um uh okay, uh here just another kind of simple one because I'm an idiot. Is there desert in Greece? Cuz we see a lot of desert in this movie. Uh Greece is not the lushest of countries. Mhm. But it's not a desert either. Yeah. It's just sort of it's it's your your typical like dry rocky mediterranean Mm -hmm. we grow olives here kind of terrain (laughs) uh (laughs) the big open desert is Uh not a thing (laughs) i i love like a i'm 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 just thinking of like a world map and it's just like giving you like climate and you know like regional things and there's one shaded in area that just says we grow olives here (laughs) (laughs) Um, the shoe fits (laughs) yeah okay uh let me think because i uh i want to get i want to get some um Yeah. Okay. So, so I think those are are my main myth questions. I have some questions just for you. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Um. First. Um. 
Where, shit, where is it? Would you want a virgin oracle to mama bird you some water? <laughs> if you were dying of thirst. Only if I was actually dying and she had no other, like, and her hands were broken so she couldn't carry it over in her hands. Mm-hmm. Even Only though we then. just saw her scooping the water yeah. into her mouth with her hand. Yeah, I would have to be okay. very far gone to accept that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, why is the sea full of oil? Because <laughs> uh, when I hear about Greece, I typically don't hear of its massive oil reserves via the ocean. Or, I guess, the sea. Yeah, I... <sighs> I think it's only full of oil when you want to have a naked woman showering scene. Yeah, yeah, there's that. I mean, it did get us an oiled up Henry Cavill, but he was covered in like black oil, so you couldn't really see. Yeah. Not like baby oil. Right, I want baby oil Henry Cavill. (laughs) (laughs) I would even settle for olive oil Henry Cavill. Olive oil Henry Cavill is my new favorite salad. <laughs> that is how they did um, it back in the day, you know. Um, <laughs> you, you have they made salad? Oil. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, um, like on their bodies. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I had heard of that. Like, because uh, they would coat themselves in like olive oil and then they had like a tool that would like scrape. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine the scrapings were anything good deeply deeply disgusting but i am glad that you said that you want um baby oil henry cavill because let's let's say uh you have the ability to uh get visions of the future okay yeah yeah okay you you enjoy this this. power right i do yeah this is great would you fuck henry cavill (laughs) for one night uh if it meant losing your visions no, because I'm not an idiot. <laughs> I don't know, I, Sarah. I don't know. I think even Henry Cavill's D is not worth losing the gift of prophecy. Especially if you only get the D for one night, which it seems like she does. Yeah. Even if it's baby oil Henry Cavill. Uh, well, this is this is painful I'm, to say, but I think what even I'm then, seeing here, Sarah, what I'm seeing here is that that did change the math somewhat. It did change the math. <laughs> I had to reevaluate. Because <laughs> you thought really hard. I mean, baby oil Henry Cavill would be a thing of beauty. I mean, the man man worked for his own eight-pack for this movie and wouldn't let them CGI any of his abs. Holy shit. this, yeah, I mean, it is some difficult math. This is the real girl math. (laughs) (laughs) A lifetime of prophecy versus one night with uh, with baby oil Henry Cavill. (laughs) Um, did you, did you have any other thoughts watching this? (laughs) Um, 
I I think we've covered most of my thoughts. Um, I, mm-hmm. the The big one, though, that really got me is um, towards the end of the movie. Um, Theseus has gotten all of these Greeks like into a fortress. Basically, I guess they're at the monastery mm-hmm. at that point. Um, and the um, there's allegedly an envoy from the king who's come to talk to him, and it turns out it's actually a Hyperion himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're they're talking about how Hyperion like knows of Theseus by name, <laughs> and mm-hmm. Theseus says, "Does he know of my rage?" <laughs> and I just whatever lingering respect I had for this movie, I completely lost at that point. <laughs> yeah, it. It's a real limp dick line. It's terrible. And it's just, and, you know, all love to Henry Cavill, but it's also just, I know there's only so much you can do with a line like that, but I feel like it really, there was some, there was very flat delivery. Oh, yeah. In that scene. Um, He, you could see he was pushed to his limits at that point. Yeah. Um. The only other thing I really wanted to note is that um, in this movie, Zeus is very determined that no one will interfere with human affairs. What unless the it's fuck dire. was that? The Greek gods don't give a shit. They interfere yeah. all the fucking time. It is their <laughs> favorite thing to do. It is the only entertainment they have. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was the note I took is like, not interfering is very much not their style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they There's love so many... to interfere. <laughs> I'll say, though, that when, because they do end up interfering, because yeah. of course they do. Um, It did crack me up because Zeus shows up and he's like, for fuck's sake, guys, come on. <laughs> yeah. I had one rule. Uh, so yeah. that did get me, um, I, cause there was just a lot of weird shit in this movie. Um, yeah. for, for, okay. I don't know why, but Mickey Rourke seemed to get one bit of direction for this movie and it was eat all the time and spit out half of it, <laughs> uh, which was such a weird energy to bring because he's always yeah. like muttering through his lines and spitting like big hunks of food yeah. just on the floor next to him and it's so weird and I, I don't get why is it supposed to be a power move or something i it's just i gross. don't know <laughs> i have no idea um <laughs> and then i don't know why but one thing in this movie I got so fixated on because it seemed to make no sense. Okay. So, um, uh, Henry Cavill, uh, falls victim to an ambush when he goes to the monastery Yeah. and they take, uh, the bow, the bow of Epirus. Yeah. Which is not real. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cause Epirus is just a place. Yeah. Um, Epirus is also the name of a princess in myth. Oh, uh, Okay. Just random, random lady. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I don't know, because I only know Epirus is like the town? Yeah. Region? Yeah. Um, and so to me, it was like, here's the nine millimeter of Cleveland. <laughs> it's like, oh my. Um, 
so uh, he loses the bow of Epirus, and um, one of Mickey Rourke's sort of edge lord lieutenants gives it to a hyena that he has. Yeah. And the hyena runs away with it, and then uh, Athena gives uh, gives Henry Cavill and his good good friend. Uh, two horses that will run as hard as they can until their hearts explode uh, to chase after it. And I felt pretty certain that a horse is faster than a hyena. And so yes. I I dove into this. Oh. I started doing some research. So the the top speed of a hyena is 40 miles an hour. Which is God, pretty fucking damn. fast. That's scary. <clears throat> so fast. It, terrifying. Yeah. Um, a horse can get up to like 50 miles an hour. Jesus. Um, s- some of them can do like 44. But, but apparently when they have a rider, they're limited to about 40 miles an hour. Ah, that makes sense. Okay. So, because I was like, surely a horse could catch a, a hyena, um, especially a horse that will run as hard as it can until its heart fucking explodes. Yeah. What? A, um, I'm sorry. Real dick thing to do to the horses. Uh. Not very nice. And then no. it's clearly like, I thought like, oh, the heart will explode and it'll die pretty quick. No. It was drawn it, out. Yeah. So real Real shit move, Athena. Yeah. Not very nice to the horse. Yeah. Um, so so they were right in that sense that it likely would not catch up to the hyena. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing in this movie that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. I, in, in his town where he grew up, Henry Cavill, there's, it's like cut into the side of a cliff. Yeah, what's with that? It looks cool, I guess. <sighs> I guess. You have and, you have high winds one day and the whole village washes away. I mean... <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> but see, what, sh- what shit me to tears was that um, there, it's, like, it's like in the cliff, right? Yeah. They have a sundial. Oh my god, they fucking do, don't they? That that thing's not gonna work for it's half not gonna the day. Work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what time is it? Afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. We it's all in morning shadow times now. only. <laughs> yeah. Look, we got you between sunrise and noon, and after that, fucking mystery to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was so weird. Um, God. The oh, I did actually made in this movie. All poor. All poor. I did have one um, actual uh, Greek uh, question for yeah. you. Like, his- history question. Okay. So we see um, they have to evacuate his cliffside town. Yeah. And um, the guards are leaving with, like, the wealthy people. And they're like, no, fuck you peasants. You leave on your own. Yeah. And so, my question was, was there, like, such a stark class system? Because I know there's, like, kind of a nobility kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
and poor people, because that's kind of how history works. Yeah. But it has never struck me to be, like, that stark. No. I I don't think there's any historical basis for that. Um, I could see a world in which whatever force was helping with the evacuation just helped the rich people, and peasants were sort mm-hmm. of, like, left to figure it out on their own. But they mm-hmm. wouldn't be prevented from leaving. Um, that was because it seemed like not only were they not going to help, they were going to force them to stay in the village until the next day. Yeah. I, yeah. That makes no sense to me. Um, also unenforceable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, there was, a, there, I mean, there definitely was like a, like, Wealthy people, landed gentry, and then the poor, right? Um, mm-hmm. And there was a vast gap between those groups most of the time. Mm-hmm. But um, but no, it when it's time to evacuate, everybody picks up and runs at the same time. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you have any other thoughts about uh, immortals? I think I'm just glad to have it behind us that's my only Mm. other thought about the immortals yeah so how about we give it a rating Mm. yeah i'm gonna give this one out of ten minotaur hats and i want to be very specific that this one Minotaur hat I'm giving it is for Henry Cavill and John Hurt only. Mm, okay. Okay. Good choice. <laughs> yeah. Good choice. I am giving this 0.3 out of 1 baby oil cavils. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And we know which which point three of of Cavill that is too? <laughs> it's the point three that counts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, if nothing else, at least this got us our horniest episode. It did. That's true. <laughs> um. So, uh, next time though, we're doing Spartacus. Yes. I see here. Uh, I've never seen it. I haven't either. I'm very excited to finally see this one. one. Yeah, it's a classic. Yeah. So, uh, folks, until then, thanks for listening to Grease Lightning. Uh, You can find us on Facebook at Grease Lightning Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Grease Lightning Pod. You can find us on, um, what is it, Blue Sky at Greased Lightning. And that's uh, G-R-E-E-C-E-D, I should say. Uh, we're also on Twitter, X, whatever fail site that is, um, <laughs> at GreasedLightPod, and you can send us an email at GreasedLightningPod at gmail.com. Also want to give a shout out to Luke Patrick for editing this show, and uh, thanks for listening again, and we'll catch you next time.